Well, good morning. I'm glad you're here at New Spring today. I, I'm going to do something that I don't do a whole lot. I, I'm going to sort of take the day off from preaching. Would that be all right with you? Um, you know, <laughs> we, we have a lot of series here at New Spring. In fact, on September 9th, we're starting a brand new series called Love Affair that is all about shatterproofing your marriage and your family. And, and I can't wait to get started with that. And, and so, again, that's coming in a few days. And it hasn't been too long since I just finished a series. But today, I, I want to talk to you, if you'll allow me a little, a little space. I want to talk to you about what New Spring Church is all about, because, you know, you're here in the third of three weekend services, and it may be that you've been part of New Spring for a long time, or it could be that this is your very first time to be here, and maybe, uh, forgive me for breaking a sentence, but I, I met a number of people at the end of the 930 service that are talking about, you know, how God is leading them to this church, and I just feel like as senior pastor, um, I owe it to you to tell you what New Spring is about. I mean, I'd feel that way if I were sitting where you sit. If, if I were contemplating that this might be the place for myself or my family to worship, I would think that you would want to hear from the guy who's the leader what the church is all about. It's important because uh, I know what it's like to be part of organizations who don't have a clue what they're about. A couple of times I sat on boards of directors of Christian organizations that were in the twilight of their effectiveness. When I was younger, you know, in fact, in, in, in one case, about the time I was born, that organization was really cranking and, and making, an, you know, making some progress for God. But by the time I'm on the board, it's like they don't have any idea what they're about. They don't know what it is that they want to do, and, but they're going through the motions. They have a schedule. They have a budget. They have financial statements. You know, they have activities and so on. They're scheduled. But at the end of the day, it's pretty clear that they've lost their, their vision for what it is that they're about. And I think there are a lot of churches... They're in the same boat, and I don't mean to speak negatively today about any church because God knows I, pr I pray for churches all across America. But think about this. There are 400,000 churches in America today. Do you know the majority of them will not reach one person for faith in Jesus Christ this year? I mean, to me, it sounds like a lot of churches have lost their way and they've lost their purpose. Well, could I just tell you, if you're contemplating coming to New Spring Church or if you're part of our fellowship we, we may have many flaws, and I'll articulate them for you. I want you to know this is not a perfect church, but there is one thing that's absolutely certain. We know exactly what it is that we're about. We don't have any question in our minds. We very clearly know what we're out to accomplish. And so today, I want to share with you what New Spring Church is all about. And again, I know that some of you, this will be your first time or maybe one of your first visits. Maybe you caught us on television. Maybe you have a friend who invited you to come. And that friend said, hey, you got to check my church out. It, you know, it's not what you think. It's different from other churches. And, and we always are grateful for that compliment. But it could be that you're here today and you're just saying, I really want to know. I'm, I'm not asking to make any commitment or anything, but I, I, I really want to know what New Spring Church is about. Well, here we are in, in a nutshell. We have a purpose statement. 
and we really are true to our purpose statement. It means something to us. It's kind of lengthy and clunky, but it, it is what we're about. So here it is. New Spring Church exists to help people make an etern eternal connection with Jesus Christ and with others in order to grow strong and reproduce. Our strategy is to accomplish this by creating environments that are joyful, relevant, and irresistible. I know that's way too long for a purpose statement, but it is who we are. It is exactly who we are, and it's exactly what we're about. You know, I've been in churches, in fact, many churches around the country that have layers of programs. They have committees for this and programs for this. They have, they're, they're just program choked. One of the things that you may no notice about New Spring is that we don't do a whole lot of things. We don't have programs a mile, mile wide. There are about five or six things that we do. And it could be that somebody's saying, well, Mark, I've come to New Spring, and, uh, you know, I love the life here, but I think you need this or I think you need that. And one of the things that you'll notice is that we sort of shrink back from that. We don't have any bad feeling towards you or anything. We just want to do what's really important. We can't do everything, but we want to do the things that are most strategic to helping us accomplish what we believe God has led us to do. So let's take that first part. Let's parse it out and see exactly what it is that New Spring Church is about. It's in the first line. New Spring Church, Church exists to help people make an eternal connection with Jesus Christ. Churches and Christian organizations do a lot of good things, but nothing is anywhere close to being as important as helping people make that eternal connection with Jesus Christ. Why? Because, you know, you can experience a lot of good things in life and not know Jesus and miss everything. On the other hand, you could go through some really bad things in life. Unfortunately, many people do. But if you make a connection with Jesus Christ that's eternal, then your life has really been worth living. I'd like to go back to the words of Jesus to talk about why it's so important to us, if you don't mind for a moment. In the book of John, which is one of the four stories of Jesus, we call them the Gospels, Jesus is talking about what it means to connect with him. And listen to what he says. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Later he would say he was the water of life. Bread means food, and water, of course, is water. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And then he would go on to say, anyone who believes in him would never thirst. He's not talking about physical hunger or thirst. What he's talking about is that incessant drive for purpose that all of us find within us. Do you know that human component that when we find a car, we buy that car, and it's the car we need or want? It's not too much longer till we're looking at other cars. What's that part of us that when we get a house and we love the house that in time, you know, we're going to the fall parade of homes? Well, what's that part of us that when we get that one outfit that we just have to have, it's to die for? Do they still say that? Uh, what is it about us that after a while it just, you know, it's just an outfit and we're looking for the next thing? There's just something within the human heart that's restless and we're seeking and searching. And what really is troublesome is people that, you know, it's one thing about a car or house or clothes or whatever, but when it's about purpose, when it's about the very meaning and the very essence of life, that's when it gets really serious. I, I know people who've tried a lot of things. They've tried sex. They've tried sex with multiple partners. They've tried money and prestige. Some of them try drugs and alcohol. Others try religions of the world, hoping for that meaning in life. I, I'm not trying to get after people, you know, in Hollywood, but I mean, most of us, we, I mean, without even articulating it, we, we may not say this very loud, but most of us think that the meaning to life is found in, in money. We just don't have it. 
And we think if we had it, then we would really, because think about what we think about most of the times. If we had the money, we, but I mean, look at the people out there in Hollywood. I mean, look at their mug shots. Do they look very happy? <laughs> Money's fine. I mean, nothing wrong with being rich as long as, you know, you have your riches and not your riches controlling you. But what Jesus is saying here is that when it comes to this all-important blank inside of your heart that looks for purpose, he's saying that when you discover him, you can stop looking. And that's true. My heart's restless about certain things, about certain possessions or whatever. I struggle just like you do. But i got to tell you something. When I was eight years old, I found Jesus, and I stopped looking for a Savior. I stopped looking for purpose in life because I found that purpose with Jesus. And that's why we exist, to help people make that eternal connection with Jesus Christ. Because no matter where they come from or what their needs are, until they know Jesus, there's this empty place inside of them. And God gives us purpose through his son, Jesus Christ. You know what? At New Spring Church, we're blessed to have some wonderful people here. We have the greatest people in the world, I think. I've had the joy of serving this church for 22 years, and it just seems like the Lord just brings the most awesome people here. But you know what? We don't, we don't want to connect you with any of them. We don't exist to connect you with me, that you love me and that you listen to me and that you follow me. I'm grateful for that. But I'm not here to connect you with Mark Hoover because I can't give you purpose. You know, if you watch me by television and you think, wow, I found the guy who has all the answers. Trust me, I don't even have all the answers for my own life, much less yours. I love you and I teach you, but I'm not here to connect you with me. I'm glad you're my friend. I'm glad you love me, but I can't be the one who gives you meaning in life. Lance can't give that to you. The other leaders in our church, the, the lay people, the, the leaders of our connection groups, we may love you, but well, all I'm trying to say is we're not here. We don't exist to connect you with a person. We don't exist to connect you with a denomination. We don't exist to connect you with a location. We exist to help you get connected to Jesus Christ because he gives purpose. Listen to what else Jesus said. Those that the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. If pastoring 30 years has taught me anything, it's taught me that we all deal with a lot of rejection, don't we? You get passed over for a promotion. You get dissed by people that you thought were your friends. Some of you really had it heavy when someone that you loved as much as you loved your life walked out on you and said he didn't love you anymore, she didn't love you anymore. What breaks my heart is when people go to church sometimes and they feel like the church is holding them at arm's length because God knows there's enough rejection outside. But listen to what Jesus said. He says that anybody who comes to him, did you hear what he said? I will never reject them. No matter who you are, or where you've been, or what you've experienced, or how you've let God down, how you've let yourself down, and no matter how you've disappointed the people who love you the most, listen, like, I've got to read that one more time. Jesus said, those that the Father's given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. Some of you who, have parent, who are parents have had your kids do some really, really dumb things. Have you ever felt like saying to your kid, you know what, I, I really just wish you would just stand over there and don't stand with me? Hopefully you've never done that. But the Lord never will do that to you. Jesus will never say, I'd like for you just to stand over there and don't let anybody, would you take the cross off, please? <laughs> would you just take that new spring, new spring decal off your car? <laughs> the Lord says, I'll never reject you. That's why we want people to connect with Jesus. The third thing Jesus said, this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of those he has given me. You know, 
I think about all the people in the world, millions of people who have accepted Jesus, and you think, well, maybe just one of them could fall through the cracks. You know, maybe there's some sort of duplication, the name would be the same or whatever, and they just get lost on the, on the register. No, Jesus said, I won't lose a single person. If you're here today, the Lord knows exactly where you are. He knows the number of the hairs on your head. He knows that they're more on, my, they're on your head than my head. And that's what the Bible says. Jesus said, in, later in this ver- text, he said, It's my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. That's why I want you to connect with Jesus. You can do a lot of smart things. You can make a lot of smart steps in your life that will advantage you in this life. But only knowing Jesus will get you out of this life into the next life. That's why we want you to connect with him. That's what we live for. In fact, one of the things that you'll hear me say if you're new to New Spring, and I know our leaders hear me say it all the time, we never feel pressure from the inside. We only feel pressure from the outside. That's what kills most churches. Do you know that? You know why most churches are just... In inertia, or maybe most is too strong a term, but I think I'm probably right. You know what kills most churches? It's like they feel pressure from the inside. People have their preferences, and they're back like those organizations that I talked about. They only exist to keep their doors open. So if something unsettles givers or contributors in their congregation, then they have to shrink back from that. And often it keeps churches from making the strategic moves necessary that they need to make to help people make connection with Christ. And one thing I always say here, the pressure we feel is from people who need Christ, in many cases, who don't even know yet that they need him. That's why when we look at, at mobilizing this great team of volunteers, and it takes several hundred volunteers every weekend at New Spring to make the three services happen. When we talk about Judgment House, like we're going to in a few moments, it takes hundreds of volunteers. When we talk about, you know, moving out into the community and the things that we do here at New Spring, everything we do is run through the prism of what do we need to do to help people know Jesus Christ. This is not a church for the already convinced. If you know Jesus already as your Savior and you're a follower of Jesus, then we ask you to come help us. But I want to tell you something. We don't do church. Listen to me. We don't do what we do for the people who are already convinced. We believe if you're already convinced, if you're already a follower of Jesus Christ, everything that will happen in this place will advantage you. It will advantage your family. But we want you to know very clearly we are a team of people who are gathered together to help people know Jesus. And before you can help people know Jesus, you have to rub shoulders and love and care about and be passionate about the people who don't know him yet. That is who we are. Our purpose is to help people make an eternal connection with Jesus Christ, part two, and with others. Because when you come here and you get to know Jesus, and and we hear this all the time at New Spring and we love it, people will say this, you know, in fact, time out for a moment. You know, of course, last year we embraced a brand new name. And the reason why we did was we we were thinking about what we hear every weekend at New Spring and and actually throughout the week. People will tell us over and over, my life started over at New Spring Church. Ah, we love hearing that. And we said, we need a name that says that. And that's why we're called New Spring. I mean, it is a place where people's lives start over again. But after your life starts over, after you know Jesus Christ, then it's important that you get to know other believers. We have three weekend services here, and sometimes it can feel like a stadium, and we love the stadium feel. And it's great to worship with Lance and the team, and, and you guys are so kind to listen to me, and hopefully it's, it adds value to your life on many levels. But you know what? You can come into New Spring Church and enjoy what this church is about in the worship service and still not get to know anybody. We don't want that to happen. That's why we have something here called Connection Groups. And they meet seven days a week, on campus, off campus. 
Some of them are Bible studies. For people like me who can't sit still, we have some that revolve around common interests. We just want you to get together with other people, other Christians here at New Spring Church, and live life with them and experience them. And we want you to experience life with other believers here who will be there for you, who will pray for you every day. I heard about a family here who was having a crisis, and they were miles away from, from Wichita. And when they got to the point where they had to be, their connection group was there to meet them. And that's what we'd like for you to experience. And if you haven't become yet part of a connection group, you can see on your worship folder that we have something coming up called Group Link. Please, please come for that. If you haven't become part of a connection group yet, you would just, just take advantage of that opportunity. And it's back in 252 Theater, we, you know, where the kids are right now in Kids World. We'll have a great time. And, and again, that information is there. And then plus you can check out our website if you want to get more information. So our, our, our goal is to help you connect, number one, with Jesus Christ and with others. Why? In the book of Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12, the Bible says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. We don't want you standing by yourself through the really tough things of life. We want you to get together with other New Spring people and for you to get to know them and for them to get to know you and for you to bring your love and your gifts and for them to bring their love and their gifts and to sync up together to do something awesome. I'll be talking more about that next week. So let's go back to the purpose statement. Our purpose is to help people connect, make an eternal connection with Jesus Christ, number two, and with others, number three, to grow strong in order to reproduce. I, I'm in some churches every once in a while, and they have a lot of teaching, and teaching is great, but you sort of wonder at some point, what do you do with all that teaching, you know? I mean, I, I know people who go to church, it's like, well, I go to church, I'm going to sit, I'm going to listen to a message, I'm going to take notes, and what are you going to do next week? Well, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to sit, and I'm going to take more notes, and I'm going to learn more, and then the next week I'm going to come back. And, and people just burn up years in church like that. And it's good to learn, but to do what? You know, I, I, I don't want to be disrespectful of anyone, but I, I watch every once in a while these, these guys, you know, who are bodybuilders out on the West Coast, you know, there'll be one of these television shows about health and fitness and there'll be this guy out on the west coast lifting weights and stuff and and and, and most of the time from what i can tell and i'm not trying to i don't have any idea what their, their lives are like but it looks to me like primarily the reason why they lift weights is so that they can pose on the beach you don't say why are you growing strong well I, that's really not all that important but i will tell you this i really feel that time feel that sometimes that's what's going on in the average church there are christians who come and they bulk up why because they can go to church and pose you know, I know a lot of the Bible. I've learned a lot of the Bible. I can beat all my friends at Bible trivia. <laughs> Why do you want to grow strong? Let me tell you what this church is here to help you do. We, yes, we care about teaching, but only as a means to an end. We want you to know Christ better. We want you to know what God is all about. We want you to be relevant. We want you to be meaningful. And beyond that, we want you to learn who Jesus Christ is and know him personally so that you can help other people come to know him. And that's why everything that happens at New Spring happens as it does. I mean, that's why, you know, we're in, that's why we do this, the creative things with series and, and all kinds of things, because we want you to be able to go talk to your friends and say, hey, you know what? My church is really kind of crazy. My pastor is absolutely certifiably insane. But there are some really cool things that are happening in our church. And you know what? My life was changed at New Spring Church, and I want to invite you to come be part of what God is doing there. What we exist for is to help there be a straight line between your life and somebody coming to know Jesus. Six billion people on our planet. Half of them have never heard the name of Jesus. Something's wrong with that picture. 
Think about that. 400,000 churches in America. Majority will not even bring one person to Jesus. Whole churches, not just Christians. Hey, listen, you're in a place, you're with people who exist to help people make an eternal connection with Jesus and with others to grow strong so that we can reproduce and bring other people to find what we've experienced. If the word evangelism has left a bad taste in your mouth, it's probably because of the bad ways that Christians have gone about it. Let me tell you what evangelism is. Someone told me this when I was a kid. I've never forgotten it. Evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. That's what it is. So we exist to help people make an eternal connection with Jesus and with others in order to grow strong so that we can reproduce. But now here's the thing that maybe many churches wouldn't tell you. It's kind of a secret. Could I just tell you this and make it real clear today? You know what? We really can't connect anybody with Jesus. If I could, I would. Trust me. I would go seven days a week nonstop. I would just find people. I'd connect them up with Jesus. I'd grow them. But I can't do that. Because, see, here's the deal. I'm not inviting you to accept a religion. I'm not inviting you to embrace a religion. Religions are just series of tenets and beliefs and rules that you incorporate to change life. But there's no life in that. Knowing Jesus Christ is connecting with the eternal God. And I can't do that for you. It's so intimate. It's so personal. It's totally between you and God. Your parents can't do it for you. Your kids can't do it for you. Your friends can't do it for you. Mark can't do it for you. It is so personal. It's just directly between you and God. That's why I ask you to pray at the end of every service. I'm asking you to make an eternal connection with Jesus. So at the end of the day, even with all we do, I can't connect you with Jesus. I cannot grow you because growth is something that only God can do. So what can we do? Every parent in this room knows the answer to that question. And I guess we're all children, so by extension, I guess we all know about this in peace. What, what, what do we do as parents? I, can, I understand clearly. I have three sons, and they're, they're from 13 years old to 26 years old. One thing I know is I can't give any of my three sons life. I pray for them every day that God will give them health and strength and help them follow Jesus. But I can't give my sons life. Only God can give them life. I can't grow them. I don't, I don't know how that human bodies grow. I can't grow them. But here's what I can do. Listen to me. I can create environments that are conducive to life and conducive to growth. I got to thinking about that. That's pretty much what I've done with my three sons from before the time they were born. I didn't give them life. I can't grow them. But I knew that I was responsible for creating environments that were conducive to both life and growth. For instance, we knew we were expecting Jonathan, my oldest son, who's 26 now. I, I, of course, had never been a dad. My wife had never been a mother. We were starting all over, but we were excited because our baby was coming. We lived in a two-bedroom apartment in Fort Worth. And I had a middle, there was a, you know, a second bedroom. That was kind of my office and where I kept my television. I watched a lot of sports. It was kind of like my, it's kind of like my den. I'll never forget the day when I cleared out that den. I went over to a department store and bought a baby bed. And I, I came back to that room and I began to put that baby bed together. Now, it was months before Jonathan was going to be born. But you know what I was doing? I was creating an environment. Mary Alice started hanging things on the wall. We started decorating, you know. And, and after, even before Jonathan got there, we had created a baby room. We had created an environment. We're not giving him life. We're not growing him. But we were saying to that baby before he was old enough to process the information, we were saying to Jonathan, we're expecting you. We're looking forward to you. We got this environment ready. Now, listen, we could have stuck Jonathan somewhere in a closet, and he probably would have survived. 
But we didn't because we were creating an environment for him. Now, you know where I'm headed with this. At New Spring Church, what we're about is creating environments. Because we can't connect you with Jesus, and we can't make you grow, but we can create environments. And when you walk around this campus, I think it's pretty clear. You know, if you go back, just think about kids' ministry. Kids' world, kids' ministry is everything that's at New Spring. 90% of people accept Christ before they're 20 years old, so you can tell, well, we'll wait it here. Everything's for kids. I mean, last year we were growing so fast, we actually had to take all our adult space and turn it into kids' space. And we thought by quadrupling our kids' space that it would give us three years until we could get our kids' building built. And we grew, kept growing so that it, that lasted about six weeks in some cases. But I will just tell you this. If I had to, we'd meet out in the parking lot to have room for kids. Because kids are everything at New Spring Church. Now, if you walk around, you know, you, you see a lot of things that maybe are a little peculiar for church. I mean, there's a yellow submarine down there at Baby Bay. Big old thing. Every time I walk down there, I hear the Beatles singing, you know? <laughs> I love that. Adventure Avenue, you walk around the corner, man, there's, you know, all the, all the motocross theme and stuff for the toddlers. And then, you know, preschool. And then you go back to 252 Theater. Wow. That's awesome. You know what we're saying to the kids at New Spring Church? We're saying, we were expecting you. We were looking forward to you coming. We were saying to them, we're creating an environment. And we can't, we can't give them life, and we can't, we can't grow them, but we're setting an environment. Have you ever thought about the fact that environments communicate things? I mean, for one thing, if you were to go to your house, I mean, all of us create environments in our homes. Just like I was talking about a few moments ago, making a baby room for Jonathan. We all have environments in our homes. We have environments for our families. They're, they're, you know, it, it, for instance, if you want your kids to grow, you have a refrigerator. If you have teenagers, you have two refrigerators. <laughs> we create environments. Environments communicate something. I mean, we could live in tents. There are people in our world who live in tents, but we don't live in tents because we have living rooms, we have dens, we have family rooms, we have bedrooms, we have kitchens, we have dining areas because we are saying this is the environment that we want our family to live in. You know, if you're in an intensive care, an intensive care unit is an environment, right? I mean, I can walk into an intensive care unit, and I know pretty much what happens there. Even if there's not a patient there, intensive care unit says to me, this is an environment where things happen. I can go to Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese is an environment. Things happen there. And those two environments say different things. Listen, you know what? An intensive care unit is not a good place to have a five-year-old's birthday party. And if I have a heart attack, don't take me to Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) And that's why you can walk around this campus, and the environments are different. And beyond that, they change through the various growth stages and the various stages of life where people are here at New Spring Church. I talked about Jonathan, my, my, my oldest son, when he was a baby. Well, you know what? When he hit the toddler years, he came out of that baby bed. For one reason, his little brother was on the way, and he needed the baby bed. So we created toddler space for Jonathan. Then when he got into elementary school, everything changed. It was not pale blue anymore. It wasn't little, you know, Winnie the Pooh on the wall and stuff like that. I mean, it was a desk and and Crayolas and pens and pencils and maps on the wall and bright colored imagery that you would associate with elementary school education. Then when he hit junior high, it was a different environment. When he got into high school, it was different. You know, when he would come home from college, his room was very different. 
Today he's 26 years old, and as we are here, he is leading worship at First Baptist Church of Edmond, Oklahoma. And every once in a while, he and his wife and my, and my grandbaby come to stay with us. And wouldn't it be freaky if when they walked in, I said, Now, Jonathan, man, it's so good to see you. And when I think about you, I think about a baby bed. So I'd really like for you to sleep in the baby bed. It would be insane. No. Environments speak, environments communicate, and environments say we were looking for you. What environments do is they surround the life-changing message. Friend, let me tell you something. The message of God's Word, the transforming message of God's Word never changes. It is the same all the time. What does change is the environment. That's why when you walk up and down the campus of New Spring Church and you look at Kids World or if you come in here and you're part of the worship service here or if you go to, you know, Clay House on Wednesday evening, if you're part of the the greatest senior high ministry in the country or if if you're at 628, which is our junior high ministry, which meets on Sunday night from 628, you know, wherever you are, it's going to communicate we loved you, we were looking forward to you coming, and we expected you. Everything runs through that prism, creating environments. We have something coming up called Judgment House, and I just want to take a few moments to talk about that because it comes up in October. It's a special two weeks of time when we have a series of drama stages that people go through and see various parts of life, and they see life and death and eternity, and it takes 400 volunteers for Judgment House. And it's an awesome thing. Thousands of people from the whole region will go through it. Hundreds of people every year commit their lives to Jesus Christ through Judgment House. One of the great things about Judgment House that I love, and this is the point that I want to get to, you know, oftentimes people will say, well, Mark, I'd like to volunteer at church, but I, I, I don't think I'd want to stand up in front of a group of people and talk. Well, first off, we don't have very many formats for that. You know, I grew up, I was going to tell you this a moment ago, I grew up in a wonderful church. It was a small church, but our church had one thing going for it. We had an awesome communicator. My dad was our pastor. If you've ever heard dad speak, you know he's a great, great communicator. But that's all we had. Kids ministry at my church, I got to tell you, when I, was, when I was a kid, when I was six years old, I went into what was called the primary department. I wound up in an austere room listening to a guy talk who hadn't studied the lesson, couldn't pronounce the words, had no idea what the, He just basically said one thing while we were there, sit down and be still and don't talk. And I'll, you know me from watching me speak here at New Spring. If you make me sit down and be still, I just checked out. You just lost me. If you think I'm bad with attention deficit disorder now, you should have seen me when I was six. <laughs> and that's why we have the awesome kids ministry here at New Spring. I'm, I'm working through a public catharsis and taking thousands of people with me. Really, that's true. <laughs> but it could be that somebody's saying, well, Mark, I'd like to volunteer, but um, I don't know that I have this talent or ability. You know what's really cool? I mean, I, I, I love this so much. What's so cool about what goes on at New Spring Church is we need so many people with so many different abilities. No matter what it is that you love doing, there's a place for you. Some of you say, well, I like people. Well, we got people. I don't like people. Well, we got stuff. <laughs> you know I'm teasing you. I mean, there are people here that just, man, I love working with kids. Awesome. We'll we'll keep you working all the way through the millennium. But people that say, I I like working with technology. we got technology. Listen, I just honestly believe this. And maybe this is Pollyannish on my part. Maybe it's just simplistic on my part. But I've led this church for 22 years. And one thing that I've watched time and time again is that God brings us together. I mean, there are people on my staff right now 
that I just don't know how, I mean, by the grace of God, I don't know how I could function without them. Did you know that when they first came to New Spring, they were in the pews just like you? They had secular jobs. They just started volunteering. And the next thing I know, we couldn't live without them, and now they're part of our senior team. But what I've learned is that whatever your gift is, whatever your talent is, you're here for a reason. Trust me, we got a spot for you. we got a slot for you. Judgment House, I mean, it's really great. We have a lot of actors in it. we got, you know, drama coaches. we got, you know, people that set the staging up, set the rooms up, people that work in technology, people that work in security, people that bake cookies and food. It's just whatever you want to do, there's a place for you. And the reason why I'm talking to you about it, there's a meeting as soon as this service is over for Judgment House. I'm serious. And where you have a chance just to hear a little bit about what it's about. But before I do, check this video out because I want you to hear from some people who volunteered for Judgment House. Great honor. I mean, I feel blessed that I can do something to help. And I thought it would be a wonderful experience to have God work through me to bring other people to Christ. Well, this year I'm a tour guide. And I think it's very important because... uh, it's a position that God's led me to do this year uh, from years past. And uh, it's important because it all involves pointing people to Jesus Christ. I want to help out with whatever I can to do God's will. It's pretty cool because you get to see how people's lives change and it's helping your church out and stuff like that. I'd say the biggest thing is just being able to share my faith because that's something that I've struggled with in the past. Just the opportunity to serve. God has uh, given us an opportunity, and we can't say no. Being a part of the church and wanting to to serve, I guess, you know, help help where I can. You know, the fellowship, you know, getting to know people. It's good to know that God uses totally inadequate people for jobs that I wouldn't have felt prepared to do. I've really enjoyed working with the other cast members. It's been a blast. I'm a tour guide, and um, I'm involved in Judgment House because it's the best way I've ever seen to get a whole number of people to come and be saved. It's a blessing when this many come to know the Lord. I love working at Judgment House just because you can be around such wonderful people, and uh, you can see God's work. Uh, Tonight, I got to stand over and secure a small square over there in the corner of the gym and watched over here as two people were brought to Christ, and there's just nothing more awesome than that. Nineteenth looks familiar. That's because it's today, and immediately after service, just for a few minutes, you can have a chance to check out what the opportunities are. Let me finish the message here, and I told you it was going to be an unusual sermon, but let me close by saying this: I am totally pumped about what New Spring is going to become. I've been around churches all my life. I've led churches. I've traveled the country and spoken to so many churches. And especially as I travel and speak, one of the things that I discover is that in many churches, people want to tell me what their church was. They'll say, oh, this church is 100 years old, and this pulpit, man, Moses spoke from this pulpit. We had, (laughs) we flew him in from the Red Sea. And you see brother so-and-so up there? Well, he helped found this church in 1864. So, I mean, and again, I'm not, I'm not knocking that at all, but i got to tell you something. God is not in the pasts. He's in the futures. And you know what? I've been here 22 years, 
But I got to tell you, my mind is not on the last 22. My mind is totally fixed on the future. I'm pumped about what God is going to do in this place. Before the 930 service this morning, I walked back to Kids World. And I saw what was going down in there. I mean, it's just awesome. The kids are energetic. And I talked to Dan Kubish, who's our kids pastor. And he was sort of showing me his different stuff. I mean, I, I think they're in a series on Joseph right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, I mean, he showed me all these costumes from Bible days. And the kids come in, and, and week in and week out, they, like, put on the costumes and their different characters, and they act out the story. And I'm thinking, oh, I wish I was eight years old again. Man, when I was sitting in that classroom, just, you know, he just said, be still, be still, be still. And, and it, I want to say something even right now that could be just a ch- tad bit offensive, but I love you so much, I need to say it. Every once in a while, someone will say to me, well, Mark, I just feel like I don't want my kids to be in kids' world because I think they should learn to sit still and be quiet in church. Now listen, I mean this. If, if it works best for you and, if it, and your child really syncs up with what's going on in this place and, and they love the teaching and the worship, and I know that for some of you, your kids are in kids' world one service and then the worship service the next because of volunteering. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But I want to drill down and get it right into a specific point because there are some parents that are a little bit paranoid. They're saying, I want my kid to learn to sit still in church and be quiet, even though that kid has no idea what's going on in here. I would just plead with that parent to think carefully about what it is that you're actually teaching your child. Because what you're teaching them is church is basically irrelevant. You can't understand what's going on, so sit still and be quiet and sit through it. I'm enduring it, so you're enduring it. (laughs) How much better would it be to take advantage of an awesome opportunity where they can hear the Word of God on their level? I I, I saw that, and I saw that's the most exciting thing in the world because they're acting out the story. They're living it. They're being part of it. They're taking it home. And then each week in in Kids World, they have a a theme, and, and this theme lasts, I think, for like six weeks, and they focus in. They drill down on this theme. I know it was contentment one time before, which is being happy with what you have. And then right now, I think they're working on trust. And, and, and then they, they have one coming up on initiative, which is just, and, and they give the kids bite-sized statements to help them understand key core spiritual Christian values. And it's just seeing something that needs to be done and doing it. And parents, I got to give you a heads up on this. They're, they're going to get post-it notes with an eye on it for seeing things that need to be done. And they're going to see things around the house that need to be done, put a post-it note on there. And by that post-it note, they are committing to do what it takes to get that done. Parents can bring the post-it notes in when there are five of them. The kids get a reward, this affirmation for what they've learned about initiative. I'm telling you, this is what we live for. This is why we design and create environments like we create, because we want kids to truly know Jesus Christ. If you were here for Watermark last week, did you hear those kids give their testimonies? Did you hear them talk about what it meant to be saved? They articulated it better than most adults could. Why? Because they're coming to know what God has to say in a relevant, joyful, irresistible environment. So what do we do with a church like New Spring? Because as I said, I'm, I'm pumped about where we're going. I, I, when I was back there, when I was back there in Kids World, I got to thinking about something. Because, you know, I, I watch these kids. They're growing up totally different than I grew up. I mean, they're growing up totally in love with church. Do you know what the, the worship pastor told me about his out, outgoing sixth graders? He said, almost every single one of them said, we want to come back and volunteer and help. 
And yeah, when you walk around New Spring Church, you're going to see junior high kids with a lanyard around their neck and identification badge. I mean, my 13-year-old, it volunteers. I mean, he's part, he's part of a kids' ministry. And it just blows my mind because I'm looking at these kids who are growing up in this environment, and I'm thinking, what kind of workers are they going to be when they're 13 and 14 and 15 years old? Trust me, we don't patronize these kids. We couldn't do New Spring Weekend without their volunteering, the junior high and the high school kids. And we're not just you know, sugarcoating and patronizing. I mean, they're doing serious jobs that make all the difference in the world. And I'm asking myself, what kind of people are are they going to be when they're 18, when they're 21, when they're 25? When I travel, people tell me all the time, well, our kids stay in church till they graduate from high school, and then they disappear. We lose them as soon as they graduate from high school. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to kick something heavy over. (laughs) I mean that. I'm so stinking tired of hearing pastors tell me that. Well, you know, we just lose them when they get out of high school and go into college. And I want to say, no, you didn't lose them. You lost them when they were nine years old. They just finally don't have to go to church anymore. We're passionate about creating environments. What do you do with a church like New Spring? Two things, and I'll be through. Number one, take advantage of the environments. You say, well, Mark, I just brought my family here. I'm, I'm afraid if we get involved in everything that you're going to think we're taking advantage. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what we want you to do. I mean, come in and enjoy this. I mean, right now, it takes probably 300 volunteers for New Spring to have a weekend. Right now, where we are right now, people are volunteering so we can be here. Take advantage of it. I mean, squeeze. Get get everything you can get out of a New Spring weekend because you're going to face a tough week and your kids are going to face a tough week. I mean, just take advantage of everything that's here. And then the second thing is, if you're part of New Spring, come help us. Come help us create environments. Whatever is your skill, whatever, is your, whatever you like to do, trust me, we need you. And if you don't know how, I mean, you can contact us through our website. There are all kinds of ways you can let us know. You can just tell somebody at group services. You can just say, hey, I'd like to come, call and talk to you, Mark, and just say, this is what I like to do. Now, remember, we're not going to, like, finger off into a whole lot of different things. What we do, we do well. But if you'd like to volunteer and be part of that, please come help us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what we've learned and experienced today. We pray your Holy Spirit will make it really clear in our hearts and minds. And Father, if there's someone here who's never really accepted Jesus as Savior, may this moment be the time in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you just keep praying with me for a moment? Remember back early in the message I said that the reason we want people to connect with Jesus is because... You know, he never rejects. He gives eternal life. He won't lose you. You know, if you come to him, he will always love you. My question for you today is, have you ever really accepted Jesus as your Savior? I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to embrace a series of doctrines or religions. I am asking you to believe on Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God sent his Son to the world. His name is Jesus. And that he died on the cross as a penalty and a punishment for my sin. Somebody could say, well, Mark, I don't think I can go to heaven because I'm so bad. Well, you're right on. I'm in the same boat. But the good news is God punished his son Jesus for your sin. He took your place and my place. That's what his death is about. And then three days later, he walked out of the grave under his own power. And he is king and he is Lord and he is God over the universe. And he's waiting to hear from you.
And if you will invite him into your life, you, you won't understand everything that's going to happen. I don't even understand everything that he does in my life. But it's just that you invite him in to be your Savior and your King. So if you haven't done that, could I ask you to pray with me? You can pray from your heart, and God will hear your prayer. Pray, please. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you're alive. I ask you into my life as my Savior and my King. Forgive me and cleanse me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you did that, would you take a step of faith? You got this piece of paper. Lance and I always wonder what to call this. We decided to call it pop for a piece of paper, okay? Take your pop, would you please? And um, would you just put your address on here, some way that I can contact you? And over here in this white field, check the box. This is Mark. I pray with you to receive Christ. And the reason why I'd like to ask you to do this is we've developed, we've developed a little packet of information. It's great stuff to read. There's some DVDs to watch. These will help you know what it means to know Jesus and to follow him. We've developed this just for you. And if you will put your name and address on here, drop it in the offering plate or the boxes by the back doors, we will send you one of these in the mail this week. And if you don't want to wait until you get it in the mail, you can just take your card, detach it, take it right back to guest services. They'll give you one right now. You can take it home with you. And um, you don't have to make a speech or anything. You don't have to recite the Gettysburg Address. You just hand this to them. And they'll know what it is, and they'll give you one of these, and you take it home. And, and there, there's more things that you can let us know, too, and check, depending upon where you are in your life. May God bless you. I'm thankful that you're here. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward now. We're going to receive the weekend offering. If you're our guest, please don't feel any pressure to participate in this. This is for New Spring people who love what God is doing here and want to have a piece of the action. And remember, God has said you can't outgive him, and then he'll multiply your gifts. So that's what this is all about. Let's pray. Lord, receive our offerings. And Father, I believe every New Spring person right now is saying a big thank you for letting us be part of what you're doing here. We are pumped about the future, Father, but because it's you, you're the one who holds it in your hands. And we love you and we trust you. Receive these gifts and bless them and multiply them in Jesus' name. Amen.